Well, it's good to see you here this morning, and uh, got a beautiful day out there. And I think it's going. I think just about this whole week is supposed to be really a pretty week. They say on Thursday we may get a few showers, but we can always use a little bit of rain. And uh, but anyway, as I was uh, looking through some stuff, and I ran across something, and I started reading it, started doing some studying on it, and. Uh, I decided that's what I want to bring to the church. So I prayed about this, and I felt comfortable with God. Because it's God's Word, and it's something here that we need to get into our heart and into our spirit. That uh, Anyway, I've entitled it, Our Sin Debt is Paid in Full. Our Sin Debt is Paid in Full. And as I got to studying on this, uh, I don't know, I enjoyed it. I, I, I read it several times, studying on it, and then I finally decided, Lord, is this what you would like for me to do? And I felt, like I said, I felt real comfortable with this. So, But anyway, I'm going to start out here with a scripture. Now, this is Jesus speaking to the Father. And he's got something he's saying to the Father. And here in John 17, 4, he says, I'll just put it like this. Father, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. You know, God assigned or asked Jesus if he would come to this earth, step out of heaven, step out of part of his deity, and come to earth and walk among men. He says, men is in a terrible shape. They're full of sin. I need something done with these people because I don't want to have to destroy them. Do you realize if Jesus hadn't come and took our sins, that the only choice we would we wouldn't have had a choice. The only place we would have known was the pit of hell. But Jesus said, "Yes, Father, I will go. I love them, Father, and I want to save them. I want them to have eternal life in heaven with all of us, with you, me, and the Holy Spirit, and the angels." And then Jesus told his father, said, Father, I know that I'm going to have to tell them that in your house there are many mansions. And if this wasn't so, I would have told them. And now I'm going to have to leave them and go to heaven and build them that mansion. But he said, if this wasn't so, I would have told them. You have a mansion being built in heaven. Who's building it? Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for them. You're going to have the greatest carpenter in the world building your house. He's going to be building your house. There's not going to be any mistakes. There's not going to be any flaws. It's going to be beautiful. Everywhere you look, it's going to be beautiful. No flaw. You know, you're not going to be able to find a flaw in that house because God built it for you. And uh, in this scripture we just read, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to skip over something here. But in this scripture we just read, Jesus used the same word, finished, that he used on the cross when he said to his father, Father, it is finished. You know, he wasn't saying this is finished, and I'm going to get back to heaven, I'm going to be glad to get out of here. No, he said, Father, I have finished what you have sent me to do. He was giving glory to his Father. 
for him sending him to do what he did on that cross. Jesus went to that cross for you and for me. He suffered. He had to. People say, well, probably God kept him from any pain and any suffering. No. Jesus felt the nails. He felt the thorns. He felt the whiplashes. He felt it all. And he shed his blood for us. For the Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus had to shed. He was God's perfect lamb that came to die for us, to shed his blood so that we could be saved, so we could be forgiven. Without the shedding of blood, God couldn't have forgiven us. It was Jesus' blood that washed us clean. He took all the sin, all the filth, and everything away from us and put it on himself. And when he went to that cross and he was nailed to that cross and he died, he was buried. Do y'all realize that all that sin and everything was buried too? That sin's not out there anymore. That sin's done away with. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you have no sin. And God, if you had sin, God don't remember it. When you came to God, you asked him to forgive you. God says, I will never remember your sin against you again. I will cast it as far as the east is from the west, and I'll never bring it back up to you. It's gone. And I'm going to show you something here in a minute that we probably hadn't realized. I didn't, you know, I was reading this, all of a sudden it just, bam. I, I never thought of it like that. But I'm going to show you something here in a few minutes. Uh, but see, it was only Jesus that could redeem us and pay for the sins and satisfy God's wrath against us. God was angry at what man had done and what man was doing. And you know, there's still many out here in this world that have not accepted Jesus Christ, don't believe in Jesus Christ. If things don't change, God's anger will come up on them in the, in the last days. Read Revelation. See what it tells you. Revelation is the very last book of the New Testament. This is God's Word telling us what is going to take place. It hadn't taken place yet, but it's going to. He is giving us a warning before it happens so that we can be ready and take care of things. We don't realize this, that God loves us so much. I'm going to tell you what's going to take place. I'm going to tell you what is going to happen so you can be prepared, so you can accept my son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. You can have your sins forgiven. You can be assured of an eternity in heaven. But that's the only way. It's through Jesus Christ. Jesus told us, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. Through him means by accepting him as the Son of God, dying for our sins, and, 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 and then returning back to life, the resurrection. You know, I told y'all that the 31st of this month is going to be Easter. That's what we're celebrating, the resurrection of Jesus Christ when he come out of the grave after being crucified and dying on that cross for our sins. We need to, we need to really think seriously about what he did, how he was resurrected. He was resurrected in love resurrected in love from the Father 
Father loved us so much that he brought his son back to life. He says, I'll bring my son back to life just as I will resurrect you from the grave. He showed us what was going to happen in our lives through what happened in Jesus' life. And we can believe this. We don't have to doubt it. We don't have to dispute it. If God said it, so be it. You know, God said it, amen. What does amen mean? So be it. After you pray, you say amen. You've prayed to God and you've asked Him for something. You say, you're saying, Father, so be it. My faith and my trust is in you. And, uh, but it was only Jesus, like I said a while ago, that could redeem us and pay for our sin. God gave Jesus a work to do that only he could do. No one else could do it. We talked about the word finished. The word finished that Jesus used was very powerful. And I didn't realize this. They said the word finished that Jesus used was very powerful in the legal laws of his day. I want to share something with you. This is, this really, I, I really enjoyed reading this. He said, Legally, if you were brought before a Roman judge and he pronounced you guilty of a crime, just like they brought Jesus before Pilate and Herod and all them, he said, the judge would then choose your sentence or what you was going to do or how you was going to pay for your crime. And then write out on a piece of paper called a certificate of debt. On one side of that certificate was written, the, was written that the crime you had committed. What you did, it was wrote on one side of that paper. And then on the other side was written the penalty for the crime that you had committed. What you was going to go through. What you was going to suffer. I tell you, Roman people were very cruel. The Roman people are the ones that invented and come up with the cross. They wanted to make death so suffering that men would not commit crimes because of the penalty that they was going to pay. Death on a cross was horrible. It took a while to die. Pain, agony, not being able to breathe. Actually, you breathe by suffocation. When you could no longer stand up and hold, up, hold your body up on that cross and you went down, your lungs could not breathe. They could not in and out. You would die of suffocation. They made it as cruel as they could make it to deter people from crimes. Hey, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I know what's going to happen. If I get caught, they're going to put me on that cross and I'm not going to go there. So they don't do the crime. They made it just as terrible as they could for mankind so they would not commit crimes. And this certificate of debt would then be nailed to the prisoner's cell door so that anyone who came by could read it and see what crime he had committed and what he owed for committing that crime. But once, this is us, this is us now, but once that prisoner had served his time you know you have been a prisoner of sin? Sin has kept you a prisoner. But once that prisoner had served his time, 
or if someone came and paid his fine. Do y'all realize somebody come and paid our fine? And his name was Jesus Christ. Then a person with legal authority, like a lawyer or something like that, would write on that certificate of death the same word that Jesus used on the cross. It is finished. In other words, he was saying, this man has paid his debt in full. There is no more debt owed. When Jesus died on that cross and took our sins, our debt was paid by Jesus Christ, and we no longer owe a debt. We're free. We've been set free. We no longer owe a debt. We've been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Then that legal authority or that lawyer would take that certificate, fold it or roll it up, and give it to the prisoner, and then release that prisoner. That certificate was a prisoner's proof that all the demands of the law had been fulfilled. He had fulfilled everything. The prisoner's debt was now paid for, and he was free. Do you realize you are freer than you've ever been when you accepted Jesus Christ? You don't have that sin debt anymore. You don't owe it. Jesus already paid it. And he could never, listen to this, he could never be tried again for that crime. How many people right now are still dealing with past sins? Things you did in the past when you was younger. Do you realize by you accepting Jesus Christ, that sin debt has been paid? You don't owe them nothing. You've already paid it. Jesus paid it for you. You don't have to look back. And the devil's there trying to tell you, Jesus can't never accept you. Look what you did. Look how you lived your life. Look at all the stuff you've done. You can tell that devil now, hey, I'm set free by the blood of Jesus. You go talk to him. I'm free. See, we are free. We don't have that sin debt anymore. Your past, anything you did in the past, if you have confessed that and accepted it, it's gone. It's through. It's over. Don't even think of it. Don't let it come to mind. That's the devil bringing it up to you. You know what the Bible tells us? For the devil is the father of all lies, and the truth is not in him. He'll lie to you. He'll tell you all kinds of things to try to put you back in sin Believe what Jesus Christ said. Receive me, believe in me, and your sin debt is paid. You are free. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, It is finished. It is finished. What Jesus was saying is that the debt is now paid in full. Or, he said, the prisoner is now free to go. When Jesus died for you, he said, you're free. You can go. You don't owe you for your sin anymore. I've covered it. I've paid for it. I've done it for you. You are free. And some of us are still in bondage because we can't accept the fact that we're free, that Jesus paid out the price for our sin. Why is that so hard to believe? We know. What does the Bible say about God? Three words, really. 
pretty well says it. The Bible says, God is love. Everything God did for us was out of his love for us. He sent his son because of his love for us. He sent his son to die because of his love for us, caring about us. He sent Jesus to take all of our sins away so we could get out from under God's wrath and his anger, that we could be reconciled back to God. We could become another, we could become his child again. Do y'all realize that at one time we were alienated from God because of sin? God could not look, the Bible says, God cannot look upon sin. So he sent his son to remove it. Now he can look at us. He can hear us when we pray. Do you realize when all the time you was under sin, you was praying to God, he wasn't hearing you? The only thing he heard was, Father, I have sinned. Forgive me. He heard that, and he forgave you. But just to pray and ask for things and to get things from God, God's ears were deaf to what you were asking because you were still in sin. You were alienated from God. You wasn't part of God's family. But that day that you said, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. Your whole life changed at that moment. Your whole life. You become a new creation in God. For any man who is, who is in God has accepted you, he has become a new creation. He said, for all the old things that you used to do have passed away. Behold, or listen now, all things have become brand new. You are a new creation in God. You're not that old person you used to be. You are a new, brand new, never before been creation in God. See, that's God's love. That's how much God cares about us. Do you realize you're always on his mind? I love that song, always on his mind. And we are. God's thinking about us continually. He loves us. He wants to do things in our life. He wants to make, He wants to bless us. He wants us to be under His favor. He wants to favor us as we walk this life. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us the things we need. Notice I said need. We all want a bunch of stuff. But God says, I will meet your needs. Some of the things we want could really hurt our lives. Could put us in jeopardy and danger of, of trying to go back into the world. See, that's Satan offering you everything. He can do it. He can offer you any and everything, and he can fulfill it. You think he can't? What did he do with Jesus in the desert? He said, if. He's trying to make Jesus doubt himself. He said, if you be the Son of God, turn these rocks into bread. See, Jesus had been fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He hadn't eaten a meal. He hadn't eaten anything. He said, I'll tempt him with something he's going to be, he'll be weak. He'll be hungry. Jesus said, no, for it is written, for it is written. That everything that I do or I think proceeds out of the mouth of God. He used God's words, and the devil had to leave him. Oh, he'll return, but he left him for that short time. 
We are to believe and to quote what the Bible says. When Satan comes against you, hit him with the Word of God. I guarantee you, he will leave. He has to leave. But he will return. He will return. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, well, like I said a while ago, he said, it is finished. Your sin is now gone. What I have done on this cross has finished your sin debt. You owe nothing. What Jesus, like I said, what Jesus was saying, the debt has now been paid in full. You are free. You are free. You owe nothing. I paid it for you. You know, we sang a song. He owed a debt. We owed a debt we could not pay. And Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe. He didn't owe that, but he paid it because of love. The debt of sin that the entire world owed to God has been paid for in full by Jesus Christ on that cross. Jesus paid our sin debt in full. He didn't make payments on it. He didn't make $50 a month payments. He paid for it all at one time by his shed blood. When his blood was shed, that first drop that hit the ground paid for your sin. There is nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus. Washed in the blood. What can totally wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus is saying to us today, what I did on that cross is still in effect today. It will be in effect tomorrow, and it will be in effect forever. He says, this wasn't a one-time thing. I do it daily for those new that come to me. I forgive their sins. I bless them. Aren't you glad he's still blessing? Aren't you glad he's still forgiving? Aren't you glad that that blood is still just as powerful today as it was the day he shed it? It has not lost its power. Now what it says? It has not lost its power. You know, I want you to think about something. Any fault you have or any sin that you have ever committed have you confessed all that to Jesus we're talking about it earlier so a lot of us have got unconfessed sin still in us when we went to Jesus we didn't give him everything we gave him part of it we said I better hold on to this I better hold on to this we have to give it all up give it all up you know David in the Psalms after his after his ordeal with Bathsheba God did not let him rest until he until he asked God to forgive him David went quite a while without asking him David really thought well I guess God's forgot about it remember let me tell you something God never forgets about your sin it's always there he's given you a chance to repent He's given you a chance to come to him and ask for forgiveness. And he wants to forgive you. But then David said something in the Psalms. He says, I went to God. I prayed. I confessed everything. He said, I held back nothing. I didn't hold back any sin. I told him everything, and he forgave me. How many of us have given God everything? 
everything. Not just some things, but everything. That's what, that's what it's going to take. You can't hold on to sin and then expect God to bless you. You know, think of any sin that you have ever committed if you hadn't confessed it all before God that on that day when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and gave your life to Christ, guess what happened? God took that certificate of debt and he stamped across the back of it, it is finished. You're free. All your sin has been paid for. There is no debt owed now. There is no debt owed. My son paid for your entire debt. It was paid in full, and you're free. Do you really feel free? If you don't, it's because you haven't truly given your sins to God. God will make you feel so clean so forgiven that you don't even doubt it. You know that you know that you know that your sins are gone. There's a lot of people who say, well, I don't know if all my sins are gone. I don't know if God has really forgiven me. If you give God your sins and you give it to him truly and confess your sin, believing and not doubting, you've been forgiven. You don't even have to think about it. You don't have to think about it. I'm going to finish up right here. I've got three scriptures. They're powerful scriptures. It's about loving and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The first one is John 3.16, and we all know it. Why did God send Jesus to go through what he went through for us? John 3.16 tells us. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To perish, that means to be separated from God for all eternity. You, should, you won't do that. You will be with God for all eternity. And then verse 17 makes it real clear. God tells us, or Jesus tells us here, says, For God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world. Jesus did not come to condemn you. Why did he come? He came to save you. Listen to it. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, that the world through Jesus might be saved. That's the only way this world is ever going to be saved, is through Jesus Christ. This world is going to have to accept and believe and not doubt that Jesus Christ truly is the Son of God. And He died for this world to remove all sin. I'm going to back that up right here with this next verse. In verse 18, John 3, 18. He that believes in Jesus is not condemned. His sin debt has already been paid for. You're not condemned if you believe and are in your heart in Jesus Christ. But then it goes on. But he, or those who do not believe in Jesus, they are condemned already. For not believing in Jesus, you are condemned already. Condemned to what? Until you believe in Jesus, 
you are condemned to the pit of hell. That's where, that's, that's where you're going to go if you don't accept Jesus and believe in Jesus. God says there's only two places that, that, that you can go. You can't straddle the fence. Well, right before I die, I'll accept Jesus. You don't know when you're going to die. So right before he comes back, I'll accept you. You don't know when he's coming back. It's going to be in the twinkling of an eye. It's going to be so fast you're not going to have time to do nothing. We don't know when he's coming back. It could be at any moment. Nothing has to happen according to the Bible. Everything has been fulfilled for the rapture of this church to take place. All God has to do is look over at Jesus and say, Son, go get my church. And that's all it's going to take. And he and the angels will come in the clouds. Those in the grave will rise first, and then we shall join them in the air. It says all this is going to take place in the twinkling of an eye. What is the twinkling? What is the twinkling of the eye? It is nothing more than a blink. That's the twinkle of the eye. It's when you blink. That's how fast everything's going to take place. That's how fast God can work. That's how fast God can get things done. I know some of you in here, you prayed, and almost immediately God answered your prayer. Don't reach Janice. There's a number of people when they said, God, I need, and he said, so be it. Let it be. And almost immediately, what you needed took place. Pat Bramlett sitting right there. I've seen her in the hospitals. Had a breathing problem. I went up there to Harris in the emergency room. That's where she was. Her heart was acting up, out of rhythm, and everything else. The doctors and all of them were trying to do everything they could. It would not do nothing. It just stayed where it was at. They let me go in. I took my oil in there, anointed her with oil, and prayed. And almost immediately, her heart went back into rhythm. The doctors, the nurses, came into that room. What happened? What's going on? Of course, she lays there and says, Jesus showed up. He did. He showed up in a lot of your lives. And you need to acknowledge that to others about what Jesus has done for you. Encourage them. Lift their spirits as your spirits have been lifted. Somebody has, has witnessed to you. Somebody has told you maybe what happened that, drew, that, that, that they came to Jesus. You know, each one of you can tell somebody and encourage them how to come to Jesus. You say, let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Let me tell you how he touched my life and, 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 made, and, and came into my life. You've all got that. If you're a born-again Christian, every one of you, if you're a born-again Christian, you have a witness yourself what Christ did to draw you to him. What does the Bible say? No man comes unto Christ unless he is drawn. God draws you. 
can't come unless it's through Jesus Christ. It's the only way. Here in verse 18, like I was reading, it says, He that believes in Jesus, he that believes in Jesus is not condemned. You're not condemned. Your sin has been paid for, so you're not condemned. But he that does not believe in Jesus is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The Bible makes it pretty clear. There is no flaws in the Bible. The Bible is total truth. This Bible was inspired by God himself. He told the holy men what to write through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, no writer of the Bible, none of the prophets wrote anything until the Holy Spirit guided them in what to write. God says, I don't want anything in that Bible that I did not have put in there. Every word in this Bible is from God. To encourage us, to show us His love, Have you received Jesus? Have you received his love? Have you received his forgiveness? That's, only, that's a question that only you can answer. I hope if you have not received Christ that you will do that. That you will say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. See, God did not make salvation hard, did he? What about Romans 10, 13? Very difficult words and hard to understand. Where it says, For whosoever shall believe upon God shall be saved. How simple can it get? How simple can God make it? He wants every one of us to know Jesus Christ. He wants every one of us to accept Jesus Christ. He wants every one of us to be in heaven with him. Now, that's up to you. God's done his part through his son. Now, you have to do your part. God's not going to do it for you. You have to do it and do it in your heart. If you believe, praise God, that's wonderful because you're going to be received and, you're going to, and Jesus Christ is going to come and live in your heart. But if you, if you ask and do not believe, you're condemned already. That's what he says. Because you truly don't believe. If you truly don't believe, you're not saved. Many people think they can come in and sit in a church pew. Oh, I'm saved. No. You're only saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't care how many churches you go to. I don't care how many pews you sit in. But until you say yes to Jesus and believe in your heart that he is the Son of God, that he died for your sin, and he arose on that third day, you're not saved. That's just that simple. God made things simple so we wouldn't have a problem with it. He knows some of us are not too bright, and I think he was looking at me when he said that. But he said, I'm going to make it simple for you, Bill. I'm going to make it simple for you. Tell them what I said and not what you think. Tell them what I said. So everything that I've told you today is strictly out of the Word of God. And like I've always told them, if you don't believe me, go read it for yourself. See if God doesn't tell you the same thing. 
I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you're here today and you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, why don't you do that? We're coming up on Easter. We're coming up on the, you know, Easter. Okay, Friday or, or Palm Sunday, that is what they call the beginning of Holy Week. So much, so many things happen that week. And Jesus' death was one of them. His burial was one of them. And his resurrection. God is love. Let him love you. Let him touch you. Let him move in your life. Let him bless you. If he wants to. If he's not, you're the only ones that are stopping him. How do you stop God's blessing? Through disbelief. Through doubt. In the book of James, it says, For if you shall doubt anything from God, do not think that you shall receive anything. If you doubt it, don't think you're going to receive it. Do you truly believe in Jesus? Do you truly believe in God? If you do, praise God, you're on your way to heaven. If you don't, get your asbestos suit out. So I'm going to ask the band, if they will, to play. I'm going to be down front. If you just need a prayer, maybe for healing or just something you're going through, I will anoint you with oil and I will stand in agreement with you and we'll pray to God that he'll, he'll meet that need. If you need to accept Jesus Christ, we have altars down here. You can come kneel at these altars and ask him to forgive you. That's all you got to do. And he'll forgive you. And you will become that new creation in God. Amen. You'll be somebody you've never been before. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you need something, a prayer, if you need to say yes and come to Jesus, we have the altars. <laughs>